What's up, everybody? Armand here, back with another episode. Today's guest, we have Jorge Garcia. He's the founder and CTO of Hello Iconic. Hello Iconic designs, builds, and launches mobile and web app platforms focused in the fintech and blockchain spaces. Now, this was a really fascinating conversation. We talk a lot about accolades and what they mean to a person, whether they're important or not. Um, this was a great conversation because he's a very decorated entrepreneur. He is a part of the Stanford Latino Entrepreneurship Initiative. His company was nominated for an Emmy. And then these weren't mentioned in the show, but he's also an MIT tech review innovator under 35 and a fellow of the Aspen Institute. So this guy's really done a lot of cool stuff. And we talk a, a good bit about what it was like to achieve and what, what does it mean to go after a purpose versus these accolades. We also talk about excellence, what it means to be excellent and kind of like our definition around that. And one habit that he mentions he removes from his life that was really good is guilt. That guilt of adding pressure to yourself to do more and just learning to rest. This was a super awesome episode. I really liked talking to him and it was a great conversation. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Play Hard Podcast. Work hard, play hard, work hard. Doing great, thank you. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I'm yeah, thanks. Here. Thanks for coming on, and and shout out to Gustavo for introducing us. That was another great episode we had. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's he's great. He's super smart. Uh, yeah. How do you for how do you know him? Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, so I'm originally from Honduras, although I live in LA, um, and I met Gustavo. Uh, I mean, uh, we we were pretty active at the kind of like tech startup scene in Honduras. Uh, I'm a little bit older, so so we kind of like started a little bit that scene, and then Gustavo uh, uh, took on, and and basically he organized a lot of events like the TEDx. Yeah. Uh, he organized. Uh, he helped with the Star Weekend and events like that. So basically, he did a good job, and he's an awesome entrepreneur as well. So so they have a great company, as well. So yeah, really smart. Yeah, that is yeah. that he, he's a really awesome guy. Now, one thing yeah. I remember talking about with Gustavo was um, his personal philosophy of staying in Honduras and why he's doing that. Yeah. What led you to make the switch from living there to moving to L.A. and, and starting your company over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, well, I started in Honduras, um, but uh, I always wanted to create a one, a global company that was important for me. Uh, I think uh, I felt that I needed a space where I could create the connections uh, for the growth that I wanted. Uh, I always wanted definitely sell in the U.S. market and from the U.S. market to a global market. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it well it played pretty well for us. Uh, like we've grown a lot since we did. Like we were five people <laughs> when we moved. Uh, we were seven because we hired right when we were traveling. We hired two more, uh, and now we're up to a hundred people. I Man. mean, we have our revenue wow. has, uh, yeah, multiplying the ten x since then. So, so yeah, so it's it's been an awesome journey. Yeah. Have you done that through investors or bootstrapped? All bootstrapped. Yeah. Nice. That's good. That you're keeping yeah. that. <laughs> totally. Totally. Uh, yeah. So you're so you're the founder and CTO uh, yeah. at Hello Iconic, um, yeah. where you you design, build, and launch mobile. Is it mobile and web apps? That's yeah, yeah. We uh, basically okay. focus on on consumer apps, mostly mobile and web. Uh, focus on the fintech, uh, crypto spaces. Uh, yeah. So that's like sixty percent of what we do is fintech. Uh, Twenty percent is crypto blockchain, and then the rest of it is a combination of SaaS. We have a strong streaming, uh, video streaming, and audio streaming practice. We've worked with Disney and similar in that uh, realm. Uh, yeah. So so that's a little bit the kind of like the the spread of the things that we do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I saw your your list of people you worked with. You've done stuff with Coca Cola, Disney. You, I mean, you were nominated for an Emmy on one app you were doing. <laughs> we were talking about that. That's pretty impressive. It, uh, what's it, yeah. yeah? So how's that journey been like for you? Like, is this something as an entrepreneur? Is this something you always wanted to do? I saw you started two companies previously, or did this just kind of fall on your lap? Uh, no, I, I always been on the entrepreneurial side. So, I mean, when I was in college, uh, I was selling stuff. And uh, so I'm a, I'm a, I was studying engineering, like computer science, right? Uh, so I, would do this, I was doing project work. <laughs> now I can say it because, yeah, so I was doing project work for others yeah. and things like that. 
uh, <laughs> yeah, and I was, se- I was, yeah, <laughs> I was selling uh, at the time burn CDs. Like, was able to do, like, I don't know. I did a couple of stuff that I'm now. I'm <laughs> in in retrospect, uh, yeah, I don't know. But but I was always kind of like doing some things, and I always wanted to start a business. I uh, had at the time uh, once I went out from college, uh, like a, what was called a cyber cafe. So normally it was uh, people could go to a place to connect to the internet, but a lot of the business at that time in Honduras was making calls, for example, internationally. That was cheaper through the internet, so I was doing that. Um, And then when I went to study, I chose my master's because it was a combination of business design and engineering. So it was, it's called intelligent systems design, but it was a strong combination of uh, uh, product design, AI, but a lot of the entrepreneurial. So I, I knew I always wanted to do that. I took a pause for research uh, but even when I, di- I, I, I started to do research, my theory was doing research with the idea of creating a company out of that research. Okay. Um, yeah, that didn't happen, but uh, being in education led me to my first startup uh, that was Class.io right. uh, or Classio. Uh, and then with that, we, we got into an accelerator in New York, uh, and that's how I got more into this uh, uh, U.S. Uh, tech startup Interesting. scene. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I do have a question real quick though. I will give an antidote of my own college life. I yeah. never realized like maybe that's where I the, the deal making started coming because I remember it wasn't um, I wasn't selling anything, but yeah. there was a, I was in a fraternity and I the treasurer was like calling in the social dues and I didn't really want to pay. And so <laughs> we worked something out where I helped him out with a class we both had and I'd have to pay the dues for that semester. Exactly. <laughs> so you just kind of find ways to, to balance yeah. it out. But um, I, I do want to ask, where exactly did you get your undergrad? Because I know you got your master's at Stanford, but did, uh, were you in the U.S. for your undergrad as well? No, no, I studied my, so I studied my uh, computer science undergrad in Honduras at a university called Unitech. Uh, and then actually my master's was in Sweden in a university called Chalmers. And then uh, because of uh, what we've done on Hello Iconic, uh, Stanford has a program that if you reach certain levels, so it's a, called the Stanford Latin Entrepreneurship Initiative. Yeah. So if, if you're uh, above a million in sales, if you are like what they call a scaled company, uh, they have a special program for scaling companies. So, so I, I'm one of, of the alums. So, so that's in the Stanford Graduate School of Business. Oh, yeah, I see. The GSB. Okay, that's how it was yeah. said. That's yeah. awesome. Wait, so um, like what what was that program like to to get a little off topic but like as a fellow yeah. latino that sounds really interesting and it's cool that they're they have a program for that what what's that program like it's an amazing program and network i have to say so basically so the whole program started because uh, a couple of latinos out of stanford jerry porras uh like a very renowned author uh, fr- uh, from Good to Great, for example, is he's yeah. the co-author of that book. So basically, they were like, okay, we want to help Latinos. How do we help, right? And they saw that education was one path. Like, there, there, they, there were many paths. But one of the things that they discovered is that, uh, so Latinos, we, we are, I mean, we are top in starting businesses. Uh, but we have a trouble scaling those businesses. Uh, mm. So basically, his whole thesis was, okay, let's create a program and a network where uh, we bring Latinos that have been able to reach certain level of scale and help them structure their company so they can scale further. Uh-huh. So they help you with uh, education on how to scale and the challenges that you normally face, access to capital, either in the form of uh, venture capital or debt or other type of capital. Yeah. Uh, so for us, for example, we did. We have a re- very little line of credit, uh, and we were able to I don't know, five five x that line of credit. That, w- that was super helpful for us. That which was super helpful, for example, at COVID times uh, mm. two years ago. Uh, so yeah, so they help you with that. But I think the other awesome thing is that it's a huge network. Now it's uh, over a thousand people in every industry that you can imagine in the U.S. There is an alum, uh, software, cleaning, AI. Um, I don't know, accounting taxes, uh, you, you name it. So basically, and there are all Latinos that are very successful entrepreneurs that have reached certain level, and we're all kind of like bringing the business to the next level to, to scale. Yeah, so nice. I'll send you the link. It's called Stanford Latin Entrepreneurship Initiative, and okay. there is an associated organization called ELBAN, Latino Business Action Network. So it's Lay ELBAN. Uh, yeah, yeah it's I'll definitely like check it out. Yeah. Now, why, why is it that you think Latinos are, first of all, good at 
starting businesses but have a difficult time scaling i kind of have my own um yeah. like theory but what, what is it that you think goes along in that nature so it's awesome because being stanford they do research about this yeah uh, so <laughs> so they, they have up. they have some studies but one of them is access to capital so uh and it goes because one we we latinos we normally don't have the networks uh on how to access capital and we don't have the knowledge on how to access capital so for example one of the funny things that i learned was that we come from a culture where it's like if we go to a bank we're kind of like asking for a favor it's like yeah i want to get a loan or i want to get a line of credit and one of the things that I learned in the program was, no, they actually want to give money, but they have to see certain things and you have to actually shop around and make them compete. Yeah. Uh, so one of the first things that we did when we were opening our line of credit is I talked with three banks at the same time. And uh, and I mean, if you like uh, if you do that, it's like, yeah, I'll give you this. So one is like, no, but I don't know. And it's like, well, I have this other bank that is giving me this other thing. And they're like, oh yeah, are they? Okay, let me let me see. So so now you're in a position where you have some leverage, uh, whereas uh, we're kind of like used to that. So one of that, that is access to capital. capital. So, so we don't have the networks, we don't have the knowledge on how to access, so yeah. it's a little bit of that. We tend to be also very much into, I, I want to have something that we I want to control. And like, uh, it's, on the, and it's on a size where I feel good and uh, that's also very ingrained in the culture. Uh, whereas if you see like the more American culture is like, let's go big or, 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 <laughs> or go home, right? Uh, so a little bit of that work has been on, on, yeah, like, okay, I know we're comfortable right now, but if we want to take it to the next level, maybe we can still have something that we can manage and control, but we can just set up the structure of the company to do that. So it has been a lot of that work um, I think those two things were kind of like the two that I, that I caught the most. I'm pretty sure there are others yeah. um, that we can think of, but uh, but I think at least those are two that are on our con side of control. Um, and I've I've noticed that I, it, it has helped us a lot. Like since we did the program, uh, we were close to three x from two years, three years ago wow. when we started the program. Even in the middle of COVID, for example, and. Uh, and we have strong goals, and now we have a path for, for scale as well that, that we're laid out, so yeah. Do you have a set of diversity goals for your company? Because I saw, I believe it's around 30% women, um, and I'm, I'm guessing it's a, it's a good bit Hispanic. Do, is there a certain like goal that you guys try to meet for diversity, or does it just kind of happen seeing how you have Latin founders? Yeah, yeah, so basically, I mean, the, the diversity on the Latino base is just by design, or by, <laughs> by nature, like both yeah. of the founders, we are Latinos. Uh, so basically our company is 100% Latino owned uh, and uh, I think it's 99% Latino <laughs> uh, yeah. team. Uh, but on the, on the women's side of things though, uh, so it's actually that we had a problem uh, a few years ago. We only had one woman, uh, only one, literally, uh, in the team. Uh, and uh, so Claudia, she's the head of product design. Uh, she was like, well, do, you, do we have a women problem here? <laughs> uh, yeah. And if this is not fixed, then I'll, I'll quit. Uh, so like, lit literally like that. And we're like, no, no, let's, let's, I mean, you, you grow up in the technology side thinking that, uh, I mean, there's mostly men and everything, but it's not true. Like there's a lot of women in tech. Uh, I was a teacher and I, I can't vouch for the, the fact that top of my students were women. Uh, so, so it, there is definitely an amount of volume in the sense of how many people, but there's definitely not a, a question in quality. So we stopped hiring. We kind of like repurpose of that. We created a program that we call Iconic Women uh, with three goals, bringing more women to tech, bringing more women to the company and helping women in the company grow. And since then, uh, yeah, now we are like 30, not even 30%. I think we're on the 39 now percent. Wow. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, the, the industry standards is on the, I, I would guess 10, 15 percent. For tech, at most, uh, yeah. yeah, for tech, Especially, yeah. I saw your company's mainly engineers. It's mainly um, engineering, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so that, that yeah. is a bit difficult to find. Exactly, because some, some companies overcompensated, like, I don't know, marketing, design, and something, and it's like, no, not, we have a, a fair amount of women engineer, and we have a strong communication program with uh, universities where we hire from, and also just in general for bringing more women to the company and helping women grow, which is another important thing. It's not only about bringing women, 
they're great, but also how do they reach senior positions so they, shake, they can mentor others. Uh, and we have accomplished that. Like we have multiple uh, managers in the engineering uh, on the, on the, uh, there are women, uh, multiple senior engineers at the company. I mean, uh, and that's, that's definitely it's a, a team effort for sure. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're showing something that I really like that I, I again, another theory that I've had is um, for, from the recruiting perspective, if you want, this is what, I remember speaking to this to someone on an exit interview where I was, like there was, it was primarily white females that worked at this company and yeah. I, uh, you know, a Hispanic male, just very far on the outlier. And when I left, yeah. they, they had a talk and I, I asked to speak to someone about the whole diversity mm -hmm. thing. They were very curious and they were yeah. trying to improve that. And one thing I said, they were like, what suggestion would you have? I was like, have diverse recruiters. People feel yeah. more comfortable talking to and going with people like them. So yeah. by having a diverse recruiting team and diverse leadership, I mean, that's the most important. But at the same time, like if you do both of those, you shouldn't find trouble. You shouldn't have trouble finding diverse talent. Um, is totally. that, does that kind of fall in line with what, what your experiences are? Yeah, 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 definitely. I think one of that is uh, acknowledging that you have a problem and setting up purpose, right? So it's like yeah. you have to be more diverse. So one of the second one is definitely having more diverse recruiters. I think that was important for us. Uh, so Claudia was participating and giving us feedback on the different hires. Uh, I think that's that's definitely another thing. Uh, and then hire. Like, uh, and I mean, the thing with diversity that we have to understand is that different doesn't mean worst. Uh, just because you're used to something uh, doesn't mean that it's uh, it's it's worse. Which I, which I think because I mean everybody, even us. Like for example, we're Latinos and come from it's from from a different uh, background ethnicity. Uh, we can fall into that trap as well. Like basically, oh, we can be yeah. and everyone, say okay, yeah, can. yeah. So so and the same is like okay, Latino or Latino women. So there is always that part, and it's like no, uh, they're they're great talent uh, from that is very diverse. Uh, and you have to just hire the, the right talent and you will find that uh, that talent is diverse and it's great and they're engaged and such. Uh, I think yeah. when many companies fall into a trap is the quotas. It's like, yeah, they have to hire one Latino and yeah. then they tokenize that Latino and then every Latino <laughs> uh, or black or women are fighting for the same position uh, or the same set of positions in a company. That's not, that's all the corporate not diversity. Photo shoots and everything. Exactly. Yeah, they're on the brochures and everything. And I think yeah. that's where, where they fail, right? Yeah, it is no, agree. it's not one. It's I mean, you should have a diverse, and they should look white, black, Asian, well, yeah, I think uh, in Latino. In that case, is like yeah. it shouldn't be a like something like that shouldn't be a metric or a goal. It should be a part of the company's culture. Like that's how you exactly. change that. You don't exactly. you don't pick a number and say we have to meet this because then you put a lot of pressure on that person. Like you yeah. forget the fact that it is that number is attached to a human, a person, it, and it, it gives them a yeah. lot a lot of pressure if they leave. Um, yeah, I, I totally see that. Yeah. Um, there is another question I had in mind. Yeah, it's escaping me. Well, one thing I did want to talk about is you seem to mention it about two or three times purpose. Are you yeah. someone that's driven by purpose and how did you find that? Yeah. It's really interesting because there are different senses of purpose, right? <laughs> uh, and there, there are people that are that have like a really strong purpose on, I don't know, they want to, I don't know, uh, solve world hunger and things like that. I, yeah. I, I'm not that person, I, I have to admit, but I, I, I think my purpose every time that I, that I want, that I do something, I know that I want to do things that are great. Uh, I know that I'm not perfect and I know I have limited resources for accomplishing things. So I tend to be, try to be happy and satisfied to every, every milestone that I reach, but every yeah. time I set a purpose. So for example, um, with the company, uh, it's not only about, okay, let's, let's just get any project that we want. Uh, it's like, no, let's, let's actually, all our clients, they have a purpose. Like if you see our clients, there, we want to help companies that have a, a strong goal, a purpose, and need that help with creating a product. Uh, and we have, I don't know, Suma Wealth. They want to uh, uh, create wealth for Latinos. They're in the fintech space and that. So, so basically, they, they do that. We have another one that it's a neobank focused on black community. So let's do that. Uh, we have another company. It's like, yeah, we want to make a very simple uh, tool for creating wealth. Like if you don't have time. Uh, but you want to create wealth, a very simple passive investment tool 
and and so so that kind of like every company that we work with uh, has a purpose. Uh, yeah. So I think our purpose is we like we tell ourselves we we help innovators make, build, design, launch products. Uh, so we, that's that's our purpose as a company, our mission as a company. But every time that we choose a client, it's also that they must have that purpose, that hunger. Uh, it's not about the money. It's also about that journey of working together, helping them reach that. I think, I think that's super important. And then at the same time, there are kind of like goals and purposes and milestones for the company. So, so we always want to reach, challenge ourselves. So, what's that next step that we can accomplish? So every year, yeah. we're like, okay, we, what did, how was this year? What did we accomplish? What are we doing good or, or not? And where do we want to go? Uh, and we kind of like set that. Uh, lay out that plan uh, and yeah. set a purpose for that and, and such. So, so yeah. So, uh, so your clients have like this set of purpose and you help build, design, create the product. So you're kind of like the, the people that build the motor that drives their purpose, their, how they achieve their goals. It, totally, yeah. Because you know what? Like in technology, like if, if you think about uh, the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years, uh, like tech was kind of like reserved for the 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 kind of like the geeks, the the Stanford yeah. graduates, the MITs, or kind of like the geniuses from whatever, um, and and I th I think that's not the case. Like uh, like uh, part of what has happened is like there's been kind of like technology has been kept secret for others. It's like yeah. and and I'm always like okay, that's actually not that complicated. We can do that, and we can help others accomplish that. So so many entrepreneurs uh, they have. They have the connections. They they know what they want to do. They have the purpose. They have the hunger. Uh, they have the drive. But many times they lack that technology component and that product experience component. And now they're they are very strongly on the fintech, that financial services or fintech expertise and that blockchain expertise, for example. Uh, so I I think that we can help them accomplish their goals by bringing that expertise that it's normally. Uh, either scarce or, or hard to find. Like, although there is a lot of offering into, uh, I don't know, development companies and such, it varies a lot uh, and prices vary a lot and everything. And, and I think that we, we want to provide that help in a predictable way in a companionship model, Yeah. Uh, like having a journey together. Yeah, so. That's pretty sweet. Do you have a, a personal sense of purpose as well? Uh, like, you, like, your, like yeah. your life. You, you, yeah. Jorge Garcia, your life, does it have <laughs> a purpose? Yeah, I, th I think right now, honestly, uh, I, uh, I know that I want to help uh, others and do good uh, in society. I think right now, like, because this is a question that I've been making myself. Uh, I've reached 41, so you start to question yourself a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that I know for sure at this stage in my life is I want to bring uh, Hello Iconic and this other company that is we're spinning off from Hello Iconic called Linker Finance. Uh, I want that to reach its full potential. So basically, I'm dedicated to that. Uh, and both Hello Iconic and Linker Finance help companies launch uh, their platforms. So Linker helps companies launch easily their fintech platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's like, I've discovered that I've done that all my life since I was doing project for all <laughs> in college. I like, uh, and, and I know pretty well how to do it and, and I know how to communicate. So, so I think right now is that like, I, I think my, my goal is uh, for the next few years is, is bringing this to the whole uh, completion of cycle and like scaling it. Uh, I don't know if we have to, if we go public, go public or, or similar. Um, life will tell, um, and then after that, I think it's 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 also is going to be about contributing to society in other uh, yeah. areas. Uh, I've always been passionate about uh, electronic voting and and such. Uh, it's a path really? that I have paused for a moment. Yeah, yeah, I've done like a couple of things, POC research on blockchain, and yeah. and before that, like uh, yeah. So there, there's a whole story about that. Uh, so I know at some point I want to come back to that, but I felt that uh, I had to kind of like, it's competing with what I was doing at the moment. Uh, so for the moment, I'm actually very focused on this and I, that's gonna happen for the next 10 years, most probably. And then after that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what happens, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a common trait amongst great entrepreneurs is having 
multiple projects that you know you're capable of doing, but only if you focused heavily on one. Like you could, yeah. should your life have gone different, like you'd go fully into the um, electronic voting right now, you'd probably be just as successful. But right now, Hello Iconic is the one that's taking up your time. And, and that's not to say you're not going to do that in the future, but that's just kind of the nature of things is you got to, you really do have to prioritize and, and pick one to put all your attention into. Yeah, if, if you want to reach excellence, uh, I think you have to focus. That's kind of like something yeah. that, that I've learned, uh, both in the good and the, and the not, not that good ways, in the sense that I had a couple of years where I was kind of like juggling with multiple things and like there was always a new thing that I wanted to kind of like start and I started companies that you don't see listed in my profile or products that, uh, uh, but now I have it very clear. Like uh, yeah. there's definitely this path of uh, helping other companies uh, build, launch their platforms. Uh, Hello Iconic is more a professional services and Linker Finance that is more like a low code platform for doing such. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, and that's, that's definitely where I am at, yeah. So. Something that I've been struggling to find an answer for, and you, you've mentioned it a couple times, so I'm curious what your thoughts are, but what is your definition of excellence? Oh my God, yeah, so, so it's one of those things that uh, you kind of like uh, see it, <laughs> know it when you see it. Um, yeah. So, so I know, for example, I, I mean, in a business, I think it's easier because uh, at the end of the game, uh, a business for me is successful when it generates value for others and at the same time is able to capture a little bit of that value for the company so it can grow yeah. on the economic side. Um, and I think we have accomplished that and, and we are somewhat successful, but I also know uh, that I want my companies to be leaders in, in something in the market. Uh, for example, I think Hello Iconic right now is well positioned in the fintech environment and, uh, and from, like, from the agencies that you hear in the space, we are one of those few names that you normally hear. Uh, so I, we're somewhat successful, but I still we are not kind of like the dominant player in the market. Yeah, um, Willinker Finance is the same. I think uh, right now, my my next level of success is going to be launching those few, those initial companies and then uh, also having revenue from that. But definitely, I see a full potential of okay, if there are thirteen thousand financial institutions in the U.S. and we go to the I don't know tens of uh, twenty thousand yeah. uh, worldwide. Uh, I would feel the, uh, success if we capture a good portion of that market in the thousands. Uh, I don't know. What I've learned is not every goal that I set is uh, fully achieved. Yeah. But, but I mean, if we should uh, far, uh, normally I'm satisfied to where I, what I accomplished if I gave all my uh, all my energy and work and focus. So so yeah. So I don't know what's gonna happen, but but I think. Yeah, my, at least my goal right now is that, like capture a, a good portion of the market, uh, be well-known, well-respected as a company, have, uh, especially have clients that have launched and are profitable. Uh, I think that's like, if you create value and capture uh, value at scale, I will feel very successful. That, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. And at the so. same time, like if you're hitting every single one of your goals, you're probably not yeah. setting high enough goals. Exactly. Yeah. So, so the concept of a uh, big hack, big hairy, audacious yeah. goal. I, I is like that, Good to Great yeah. a lot. You mentioned awesome. earlier. that's one of the best <laughs> books I've read. Yeah. It's awesome. it's very yeah. eye opening. Yeah. Exactly. So, so it's kind of like if it doesn't hurt in the stomach, then then you're you're not setting <laughs> yeah. the goals. And if yeah. you achieve a hundred percent of them all the time, then then probably you're not being as ambitious as you yeah. should. Yeah. So. I mean, winning's not as fun if you're easily winning every single game. You know, it's the it's the it's winning the tough ones that really set. Those are the memorable ones. Um, exactly. Yeah. Have you ever seen this next guest? My next guest needs no introduction. Have you heard of that show? Uh, no, no, I, I, I think I haven't. No, it's yeah. a it's a David Letterman show on Netflix where he just mm, interviews. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he he interviews well-known people and yeah. he surprises the audience. They don't know who the guest is and they just show yeah. up. So the Jay-Z episode, he, he defines excellence, and I really like his definition, mm -hmm. and it's, kind of, it's like similar to what you were saying. But his definition of excellence is decades of consistent high-value output. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah wow that's that that's awesome yeah yeah it's and i mean yeah. i'd say he hit it yeah <laughs> he's been, yeah he's he hit been, it <laughs> yeah he, he's a billionaire yeah. he's been making music since the 90s it's all excellent yeah but i totally. think that's um that's that's a really that's a really good definition and yeah. i don't know for me it's one i like it resonates and it's and it's similar to what you were saying you're, you're providing this value year over year yeah exactly i think that that's and that's where many companies get lost it's like some some companies get like their milestone is raising the next round of capital um or those vanity metrics uh and yeah. it's, it's not that like if, get this if, award, if you have a company publication kind of exactly be honest and i felt into that trap as well uh and now i use it more as a marketing yeah <laughs> a i was looking at your and, stuff you're yeah. pretty decorated Jorge. <laughs> you've done some cool stuff yeah we yeah we've done and and honestly it's like um i the people that i know i was a swimmer uh yeah uh, in back in the day so and i was a competitive swimmer in honduras so uh I mean, there are like you, you win awards and everything, but that doesn't matter. Like uh, what matters is the, the times, the important races uh, and if you did all the training and such. And I think that goes to your like if you only compete in the locals and you're always winning, then you probably go to the region. You should go to the regionals and see and, and get. Yeah. And, and, and as a swimmer, you learn that you, you don't always win. Like even if you gave your whole uh, your training and everything. Uh, somebody comes from another country or something and they're doing a great job and everything and 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 you're gonna compete uh, yeah so <laughs> yeah so so I, I take all the like awards and everything I like uh, I mean they're nice and, and they're like a pat uh, in your back but at the same time yeah. I try to not not get too conscious about that and I'm just thinking yeah. on again on, on the success in the metrics that I care the most which is value yeah that's good to, to switch topics a little bit, um, we're going to talk a bit about your routines. Do you have any set of routines that you live your I'm sure it's a little different right now seeing yeah. how you're traveling, but do you have routines? I do. I actually do. Uh, so basically, my wife knows and can, she can vouch for this. Uh, first of all, I don't have an alarm. I, I have the, the good thing that I wake up uh, relatively early. Uh, so I try to use uh, my circadian cycle. So I wake up, I don't know, six, seven, when, whenever uh, the morning starts. Uh, I always brew my coffee. Uh, that's the first thing that I do. And while, I, while I'm brewing my coffee, I take out the dishes from the dishwasher. So we have this agreement with my wife that she hates to take them and, and like put it on the shelves. Yeah. I, had, I hate to put the uh, to wash the dishes. I actually hate yeah. to wash the dishes more than anything. So so <laughs> it's like we. Put the dishes. If something is like uh, out, she takes care of that in the night, uh, in the dishwasher, and then every morning I just take them out. Uh, yeah, uh, from that. So, there we go. so I do. <laughs> I do that with the coffee. Uh, I normally have. You're given entrepreneurship uh, my... and marriage lessons here. Exactly. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. I've been married for 20 years, so so it helps to, <laughs> to compromise. And I always have like a breakfast. Normally it's like a muesli or something. So that. It's it's a very simple thing, but I've learned that that gives me peace, uh, and like kind of like okay, I set my my space, so I, I try not to answer emails in, uh, at that time, like nothing. It's just like okay, a, a calm start, uh, and then after that, I normally yeah get to calls and all that. Um, I try to walk my dog every day just so I get some exercise, have some time to clear my mind. So I use it for that. Uh, a lot yeah. uh, so that's important to me uh, and normally uh, like I try to yeah play golf or do the, the sport that I'm dedicated at but I think it's gonna be golf for a long time uh, at least twice per week uh, put some time just to get some exercise uh, so I do those type of things uh, and one of the things that I've learned uh, I don't know if it's age or, or anything but contrary to many people I avoid working on weekends and I, I try to dedicate them to family. Uh, so basically, so I try to do all my work, all my work from from Monday to Friday uh, in regular working hours or extended. That doesn't matter. But yeah. for me, it's super important on weekends, leave time for my family. Uh, so I have my daughter now, is she's in college, but I used to like, uh, um, I don't know, go out or stay at home, watch a movie or something. And even in the night, like I try to stop around eight, like if, depending on the time, this is earlier or not, but definitely uh, put some family time to watch TV together. Uh, so for me, routine is also, it's, it's a lot of work. So when I'm working, I'm very intense calls and things and, and decisions and, and all that. 
but I try to break. So every day break, yeah. and it's like family time, dinner, and such, and definitely weekends clear my mind. It helps me. Normally, what happens is Sunday morning, I have my mind clear, so I can think about the things that I want to do, where I'm going, and everything. Uh, so I would say that I have some intense times, and then times to stop and clear my mind, yeah. and then times to think. So, so that's a little bit on the routines that I've come, yeah, I've come to, <laughs> to work, yeah. Yeah, you need that time to, to reset and kind of clear yourself to start the week. And, yeah. and that is, that's, that's really interesting because some people, I've seen both sides where it's like people believe you need that full seven days of, of continuing your routines to build the momentum and keep yeah. going. Whereas other people say, no, I need that time. Like that rest break, that family time really is what gives me back my energy. Um, and yeah. I noticed that that is a lot more common with, cause like me, myself, I, I don't have a wife or kids, but I do mm. have friends and family. And like, that's yeah. where that time goes towards is, um, my friends. So I have noticed that it's yeah, really dependent on the person themselves. But I think that's, that's something that resonates with me is, is the weekends kind of to relax. Yeah. Th there is this, uh, article, uh, it's called, uh, the making of the corporate, uh, athlete. And it talks about four areas. So it's the, the mental, uh, the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual. Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, and the other thing that that article mentions is that you need to have times of stress, of stressing in any of those areas, physical, mental, uh, yeah. uh, emotional. And, and, and then you have some times to clear and relax. Uh, and uh, so people are always working, uh, looking for the work-life balance. I don't think that is. It's a cycle of stress and release from those. I, I think, and, and again, like being a swimmer, uh, I live through that, that even like competitive, like high performing athletes, they have a weekly uh, rest time. Yeah. And they also have through That's the year, a time for recovery where they don't do full training or anything. And that's because uh, if you want, again, going back to Jay-Z, uh, I love that definition because if you want to achieve continuous over decades, high performance, there is no way that you're gonna do it by 24 seven work. Yes. Uh, you're gonna get burned. Uh, you're, gonna, you're not gonna think straight. You're gonna be um, mentally exhausted. Uh, you're going to be emotionally affected because of you, you won't have or you won't be dedicating time to your significant others. Uh, maybe you won't even have purpose uh, on the spiritual side. Uh, so I, I actually think that you need some time. Some people, I mean, you can work six days. I don't know. I chose to not try. Yeah. I uh, chose to work intensively five days and then clear. Uh, but you need some time to rest. I, I think that's uh, definitely something that I, I deeply think uh, it's necessary. Yeah. And, and to all my friends who I know are going to call me out on saying I rest on the weekends, I do, I do work on the weekends, but it's more yeah. of, um, it's different. Like for me, it'll be like Saturday's kind of cleanup from the week and Sunday's yeah. prep. It's not work yeah. in the sense where I'm like fully like diving. Yeah. I still find time to play sports to like do all the other active stuff. Like the weekends is really when I like yeah. to spend a long time like working out or hanging out with people, yeah. um, going on hikes, things like that. Uh, but I do, I do think that I like what's worked for me as well is having like a little, a couple hours of cleanup and yeah. reset kind of yeah. kind of thing just helps me prep my mind. Um, yeah, that's for everyone that's about to call me out that knows me, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, have you, so, um, you, you have some pretty, pretty solid established routines and are there any kind of parts of your routines or any habits, any things like that, that you had to take out of your life? that have been successful for you? Um, yeah, let, let, me, let me think a little bit about it. Uh, I mean, I had to add a couple of things. Uh, I, I think at some point in my, in my 20s, uh, I was more like, uh, uh, I, I think it's the innovator spirit, so I was more, let's improvise and kind of like that kind of perspective. Yeah. I learned through time that a uh, skill that I had to develop that I didn't have was more um, methodical planning, like still keep that innovator uh, improvisation component, but also add a little bit more of that time for planning. I think that's one thing. 
uh, on the health side, definitely cutting sugars like uh, drinking Coke. Uh, I mean, yeah. I still do it from time to time, but definitely I started to drink more water uh, or, or what I learned, which is good. <laughs> Hopefully this helps uh, somebody else is that what I like from, from, Coca, from the Coke, uh, Coca-Cola is uh, actually the bubbles. So I learned that drinking sparkling water is as satisfactory to me than, uh, than just drinking uh, soda of, of whatever brand. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of the things, and it's just, it has zero calories. So that's, that's one of the things that I've removed. Um, I don't know, I, 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 it's hard to think for me uh, right now on other things that I feel uh, that, I was, that I wasn't doing. You know what I removed that is not a routine? Uh, the guilt uh, on, for example, there is always like, I should do more sport, like a more exercise yes. and everything. Yeah. And one thing that I learned is that I think because I, I, I did practice a sport, uh, every time that I was like, on, like I, I'll go to swim, I'll go to run or I go to cycle, my competitive mind started and then I got disappointed because yeah, if I want to get fit, then I have to do all this, but then I have to also work and I have all these goals that I have uh, on my professional side uh, and that didn't work. And then I gained weight or things like that. So one of the yeah. things that I, that I started to understand was that uh, I had to forget myself and I had to do physical exercise in the level that helped me for health and that I felt comfortable with. Uh, so that's why I walk my dog as well, because I know that at least if I do exercise, I'm going to uh, have some minutes of walking every day. Uh, and I don't have to run five kilometers, 10 kilometers or miles um, uh, or things like that. Like, I don't have to do that. I just have to be well physically uh, and such. So, so that's one of the things that I remove uh, more than a, than a habit or routine, that guilt of not doing that stuff, forgiving myself and then setting, setting the goals in a way that made sense for me and creating yeah. the routines in a way that made sense for me. Yeah. First, I like what you said about sparkling water. I think that the reason mm -hmm. I've been able to cut back on drinking and the reason I'm not an alcoholic is because I drink fizzy water now. <laughs> like, like those seltzers, yeah. it's just so much better. <laughs> it really, like, at the end of the day, if you ever want to drink, try having a seltzer, yeah. and you'll probably be, like, okay. You, it, you just want something. It, and it kind of gives you this exactly. feeling of, like, ooh, I get something different than just normal water. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I really like that. But onto the guilt thing, I think that's really important, what you said, is just being taking a bit of that pressure off of yourself. Because I think yeah. that's what the, the heavy, like the stuff in your mind that's saying you should do more or you should be better. Yeah. You should have done like another two miles or whatever. I, that adds so much self-pressure. And I, I've noticed that that is a, a side effect of people who strive for greatness and excellence is that voice in your head telling you that you always can do better because it's a strength in one's hand because it's a strength in the sense that it does push you to excellence. It pushes you yeah. to, to like consistent, high value, high performing kind of work. You need to sharpen your skills, sharpen your sword and get better. But at the same time, you don't need to like be so hard on yourself when, when you're not doing that. And, something, and rest is just as important at the same time. Like if you're working yeah. really hard, you should be able to take a break. This is me talking to myself. This is a self-therapy <laughs> session right now. But yeah, <laughs> I like, I, I really, yeah, the, the guilt thing is really, is really important. I, I agree. Yeah. And I, and I think like if you, to, to the point of rest and, and like, if you, if you rest, if you eat well and healthy, if you do some exercise of, it could be walking, it could be something like that. That's why I'm doing golf now, uh, which I love. Uh, then then you're going to be healthy you're going to actually be very very well physically and all that uh, i think our society has gone through the you you have to be either like this maniac on the sports or have like this strong yeah. diet or uh, drink protein drinks or whatever um, and that's i i don't think that's it like you have to that that actually creates that pressure it's like okay you have to have to be all this and it's like no if you create some of those routines and you take care of yourself in a way that makes sense it's more uh, it, it, it's, um, it's something that you can do on the long term. Uh, yeah. Again, it's more cons you're, you're going to be more consistent uh, and happy with yourself, but it starts with forgiving yourself, and, and that's something that I know I had to do. Yeah. 
So to to twenty year old you, you're you've been consistent. You've been doing it on the long term. But I'm sure, as most twenty year olds are, you're probably impatient for that success back then. Um, do you have any advice you'd give yourself on how to be more patient? Um, yeah, I think. Well, I, I if if I would tell uh, Jorge from, <laughs> uh, from that time is that uh, I think being great at something takes time, uh, and uh, and and that's something that it's important. I think like uh, at that age, you think you you can take the world in your hands and all that. Yeah. And you are not at all know it all, and and I was a little bit of that uh, at the time, uh, but I've learned, and the more I've met excellent people and smart people, I've learned that I mean they have been on their trade and doing their stuff uh, for for the long, and they have dedicated a long time yeah. to be better, and uh, and I admire that. Um, so I would say that to my twenty-year-old self, I don't think he will hear. <laughs> any of that but uh but i would say that like like yeah. excellent stake time and and uh but you will see the results right and the more you you put time into something and passion and dedication and, and intelligence as well not only passion and dedication but also uh, being smart about it uh the yeah. better you're going to become uh yeah and and the the how how fast you become better is going to be faster and faster yeah so yeah i i think that's great and you mentioned a bit about golf. Let's talk about the fun stuff you like to do. Yeah. Um, so, so how long have you been golfing? What got you into this? So I've been only golfing for the past four four months. Uh, so well, I mean, we 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 built an app uh, uh, that it helps you with the golf swing. The we as a company, I wasn't involved in, in that yeah. as much, uh, but it was with a company uh, from a friend. Uh, so a friend uh, asked us for help for for a specific area. Uh, and uh, he invited me to play golf. It's like, well, we're doing this app, and then we should play golf. And I mean, I couldn't even hit the ball. Like that was <laughs> that was a very frustrating time. Uh, but I kind of started liking it because I grew up thinking that golf was kind of like for the I don't know the rich kids and and such, and and it was like a very uh, like a, I don't know like this this different type of sport. But actually. Like I love the sport now. I understand it in the sense that um, it's hard, uh, yeah. but you have to kind of like practice your technique, uh, yeah. and there it actually has some routine and consistency work that you need to do. Uh, there is there is exercise involved. Like every time that I go to the driving range, I actually come back sweating, and and like uh, so there is there is a lot of that work. Uh, there is strategy. I, I something that I discovered. Uh, that I like about golf, and I was doing cycling, but I wasn't fully enjoying it. Is that uh, cycling is a very much uh, like a physical work, and there is some technique that you have to uh, develop and everything. But I felt it very repetitive and and and, yeah. and boring for me. But I, what I like about golf is that it does. When you play, you have strategies like, okay, what club are, am I gonna use? What is the distance? Should I use this one and be shorter so I can use another one and get on the on the green? Or should I just go with a with a big hit and then try to chip it? Like, what? It, where am I right now in my technique? Um, uh, so I don't know. I, I'm enjoying it. The fact that uh, I'm getting better and better at it. Uh, it's a beautiful sport. Now I understand it and I enjoy it. I was I actually wa I watch a couple of games uh, yeah. now that I like. I'm like, oh yeah. Now now I get it. Now, now I get this. Uh, yeah. So so I, I think it's gonna be for long because. Uh, uh, definitely, I'm getting better and better, but at the same time, I still see that it's a long path. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a great sport. <laughs> and you have so many different places to play at. Like, yeah. that's on to the, the not being repetitive part. There are so many yeah. different courses that um, each one is its own unique adventure, I guess. Exactly. Just around our place, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, can count the about LA area, five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a, it's great. There's a lot of parks, yeah, that have... Uh, a golf. Uh, yeah, if you ever come down to yeah. San Diego, uh, that's where I'm located. You should go to oh. Torrey Pines. You should check out the mm. the big boy. The, yeah. The oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a beautiful. I'm I myself am not a golfer, but I've I mean I grew up it like hiking that entire area, and it mm. is honestly yeah. like stunning, but, like beautiful. Yeah. One of the most beautiful spots. Um, and to, to think that there's like a golf course there is pretty crazy. 
Yeah, nice. Yeah, definitely I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Um, and then you also like grilling and barbecuing. So have you been chefing your whole life? Have you been cooking? Yeah, so so I realize now that I burnt a lot of meat <laughs> in my life. <laughs> but for the past, uh, I don't know, for the past few years, I started to get a, I, I, I don't know, I would say like the past uh, five, five, uh, five to ten years, actually, no more. Uh, I like cooking in general. Like I like, uh, I like food. Um, uh, like I always like food and I realize now that I like it. I enjoy it more than many people. Um, uh, now I know that. Now I understand that. Uh, so I always like cooking. Uh, so I do the other things like ceviche. I learned to do pasta yeah. uh, by hand and all that. Um, and I always did grilling and I was like, it was always like kind of like hit or miss. Uh, in my case, sometimes were great and sometimes were like pretty burned or charred. Uh, so I started to watch more like videos, understand better what's the uh, cooking. Uh, so I've come pretty good at that, like uh, both, uh, I don't know, uh, steaks, uh, but also like, like barbecue ribs and, and, and that. I, have, I haven't done my brisket just yet, but definitely like uh, short ribs and, and, and such. Uh, so cooking in general is something that I love because, again, it's something that you kind of like, it has some technique, you have to, you have to follow a recipe, but at the same time, the recipe is not perfect. Uh, and you have to, and the ingredients are not necessarily the exact same that the person that did the recipe had. Yeah. And, uh, and got something that I love too. They've got a different, different equipment. Grill, different, yeah, different exactly. Environment. Yeah. It all kind of changes. Exactly. And then watching the reaction of people when they try it, uh, that's kind of like, for me, it's kind of like, okay, it's like I, I can see if they like it or not and what they like. And I have yeah. my own opinion as well. And like, okay, this is, this is uh, I don't know, it's too salty or I don't know, the texture wasn't the one that I wanted, things like that. Uh, so that's another thing that I like is just watching the reaction when people kind of like try what I did. And if they, if you can see if, if things just run out, then you say, okay, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you can, yeah. So things like that. It feels yeah. like, it feels like that's similar to your company. You build the products and then to see their reaction, like how thankful and happy they probably are when you build, like, let's say for example, your friend, this golf app, I'm sure it's a, yeah. it's a similar feeling of fulfillment when you cook for someone and they enjoy the meal. Exactly. That's why I do product. Actually, you brought up a point that it's uh and that's why we focus on consumer products. So every product that you see from our company, uh, for like others, those companies are consumer product, or if they're B2B, they have a strong user facing component. We don't do kind of like just scripts or yeah. deep AI that is hidden. We actually like to do that. And that's because of that. Like I love, like um, for example, when, when, when we do apps and we do things that are commercial, when we're doing like entertainment apps, like the, <laughs> the Emmy nominated one. So people, yeah. like I gave it to people and I tried it and I was seeing their reaction even when it was just a prototype, the tr prototype was super clunky. But seeing the reaction when we put things on their faces and it looked like uh, they looked like a vampire and then like a zombie. Yeah. People are like, and I, I like I, the happiness and I use it at parties and everything with a prototype. Like it, it was, uh, so just seeing that, I think that feeling I get with cooking as well, where, where I see the reaction uh, and, and their faces and it's like, okay, you can see that they're enjoying the moment. Yeah, yeah you're a man of the people. <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah all right now on to the closing questions these are just some fun questions to to end the interview off um what kind of music do you listen to yeah so my wife makes fun of me because i listen to a lot of things uh, i'm a person i mean i love uh, pink floyd and and kind of like the that type of rock i also grew up in the 90s so guns N' roses metallica nirvana uh, uh, red hot chili peppers and such but I'm also a tropical person, so I can listen to salsa, uh, merengue. Uh, I used to listen to the, before reggaeton, uh, it was called uh, Playero because of a DJ. Uh, yeah. So I used to, to listen to a lot of that. So I do like some of the reggaeton, some I don't, uh, uh, definitely like uh, that. So, so whenever I'm listening to music, I, I kind of like very diverse <laughs> into that. Like uh, my daughter, like I listen to all my daughter's things, like Harry Styles and, uh, Ariana Grande. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I love music in general. I was I was a big Mariah uh, fan. Uh, so it was actually when I was in college, I had the number one city. Uh, so I have a very diverse uh, background. But but whenever I like uh, in, in the regular, I think I, I lean towards more the Pink Floyd, Queen, 
uh, Led Zeppelin. I think that's kind of like a, yeah. a Rolling Stones. Um, I think Neil so Young. Like 70s, that, that's kind 80s of like rock a, is your is like your, yeah, like your, 60s, 70s. Yeah, that that's kind of like my my type, and then point, some of that 80s, 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I I like a lot of that. Um, the the rock that you were mentioning, and you know, some Harry Styles, some Ariana Grande, all is <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, I I, I agree. I, I'm a fan of music in general. What I do that kind of <laughs> bothers some of my my friends and family, but so I when I switched from Apple Music to Spotify, I had my Apple Music didn't sync pod uh, playlists, mm. so I would screenshot every song I liked. I would Shazam and screenshot. <laughs> I had over I'm not even joking 1,500 screenshots of songs, Whoa. and I finally <laughs> transferred them into Spotify into yeah. one playlist. The playlist is called Screenshots, and it is all the music I own. I think right now it's mm. like. 150 hours or something like close to 2000 wow. songs something like that yeah. and it's it's all a mess of different <laughs> genres like uh, any genre you can imagine just whatever music yeah. i liked it's in there yeah. and whenever i listen to it it's like you could go from like that heavy rock to harry styles there'll be like smooth <laughs> jazz thrown in there to like uh, yeah <laughs> so so i definitely yeah i listen to a, a, an eclectic mix but i i would like to organize it um, yeah, do you yeah. do you have your own playlist or, or is it just like a, a mesh of everything? I, I have my own playlist. I actually before uh, I used to have that because uh, before even like uh, Spotify and such, I had like my uh, one folder with all my MP3 files, and those were hours and hours of uh, of music. And I had the same thing. So that that's how yeah. my wife uh, makes fun of me because yeah, you could hear one thing and then I don't know, uh, Chichi Peralta came in and then and then it was Dr. Dre. Yeah. Uh, and then it was I don't know, Metallica and it was like those That's jumps funny. were kind of like in a cumbia. <laughs> so so I was yeah, it, it was crazy. Now I have more when I, I think I lost it when I switched to Apple Music. So I did this uh, Spotify to Apple Music and so still on Spotify. I had like some of those. Uh, uh, but then I switched to to Apple Music and then now it's more kind of like find some some of those playlists, pre-made playlists. So I found one of Rock Essentials. I have one in Spanish. So I, I listen, that's another area, like rock in Spanish. Uh, so the stereo and similar. So that's uh, that's another area that I that I, that I love. So the stereo has been one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. I'll check them out. Thanks. Yeah, they're, um, they're great. Yeah. What kind of movies, TVs, or podcasts would you recommend to someone right now? Yeah, so I'm I'm less I'm a more visual person. Uh, so uh, like uh, like I like to even when, when I want to learn, uh, for example, on the barbecue in Mad Scientist Barbecue, Guga Foods, they're on the YouTube uh, side, uh, Rick Shields on the golf, uh, Danny Mott on the golf, uh, New Money on the, fin on the finance. So, so I'm very much YouTube uh, person for, for content, so I do that. Uh, like on movies, uh, I don't know, I like a lot of things. Uh, definitely action, fantasy, uh, I mean Game of Thrones, uh, but it's succession, more on the drama, kind of like. Yeah. Uh, I, I look. I like a lot of that uh, movies that make you think. Uh, but I like if I, if I have to choose, I don't know. I'm very very weird. Like I watch documentaries, uh, uh, but I'm more into that. Like I think uh, definitely not very rom com or very not even dramas. Like I more like action, fantasy, yeah. uh, science fiction. I love. Uh, and then, and then documentaries, more historic movies. I love a lot. Uh, like uh, any any situation that it has some history, uh, I, I like that. Yeah. Sweet. Um, what kind of books are you reading right now? Yeah. So I so I've I've started to understand myself on what I read. So I tend to switch. So right, like normally I have a business related uh, book that I'm reading. Uh, so that's something I always do. So right now, for example, I'm reading a lot about uh, just uh, how, uh, there is a, the swipe of uh, the process of when you swipe a card, what's all the process of um, uh, for the whole transaction. So I'm looking, looking at a lot of books on the fintech side of things. Hmm. Um, sometimes I read some things that are more technical, blockchain related, for example. Uh, so right, I was reading about microservices just because because of the product that we're launching, I want to understand better the philosophy of microservices. So I have that other technical reading that I do, although I don't code or or anything like that. 
and then I was uh, reading Octavia Butler. Uh, so she uh, she had a, she has a book called Kindred. So I read that one. That's very famous. And then uh, there is another one, the, the Parable of the Sower. She she's a big uh, uh, science fiction writer. Uh, she was, yeah. uh, and she left unfinished uh, a series of books. So it's basically like a dystopian. Uh, situation based in LA. <laughs> she was a Pasadena uh, uh, resident, so so yes. And she's a uh, uh, she was from Afri she was African American, so so she had a strong. All her science fiction has some of that strong African American uh, historical or, or component. So yeah. So it seems uh, like just like your TVs and movies, your books have a, a good mix of nonfiction and fiction, uh, some learning and then some reading for pleasure. Yeah, I think I think I like that. I like the science fiction. I like uh, some historical. Kindred, for example, is she travels to the. Uh, she it's a time travel story, but she goes hmm. in certain moments to oh, uh, cool. to the uh, antebellum um, uh, uh, South, uh, being a black woman from modern times. So it's, it's like a re it's a really interesting story. Uh, so I like those type of books. But I mean, I read like I don't know Harry Potter. Uh, no, but things like that. Uh, I, I like that type of book, I think, yeah. And finally, where can people find you? Awesome, yeah, so, I mean, uh, Jorge Garcia, so normally my Twitter, Jack Bolano, so J-A-G-B-O-L-A-N-O-S, uh, so that's, that's a really easy way to uh, reach out. Uh, I'm also in LinkedIn, Jack Bolanos. <laughs> so, so I try to use the Jack Bolanos uh, everywhere, but uh, normally now it's more Twitter and LinkedIn. So more professional things on Sweet. LinkedIn and more like uh, casual on, on Twitter. Yeah. And your company? Uh, and our, my company is called Hello Iconic. Uh, and we're launching uh, another product company that it's called Linker Finance. Yeah, so helloiconic.com and linkerfinance.com. Sweet. Jorge, it's yeah. been an awesome conversation. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah.